Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. So, Jim, which is the bigger story today? The Vikings, their loss, Josh Dobbs maybe isn't the quarterback the rest of the season, or the wild-firing Dean Evason as their head coach? Well, a bunch of us were having that conversation in the press box at the uh, Vikings game before the game last night. Mm -hmm. Some people have, like our IT reporter Dave Campbell, has to cover everything in town. uh, And, you know, we were talking about it and joking. It's like, you know, the the Wild have to fire their coach, trade Kaprizov, and blow up the XL Energy Center to be a bigger story than the Vikings. (laughs) That's true. That's the way it is. Yeah, that's right. Now, hockey people care so much about hockey that, you know, they would argue with that, but it's just, it's you know that's the, always been the weird thing for American sports editors is how do you deal with hockey when most people don't care that much about hockey outside of Minnesota. Minnesota is a different state, yeah. But the people who care about hockey care about it more than air and water and life. <laughs> I mean, you know, and 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 highways and and refrigerator. I mean, they just it's all they care about. Yes. So it's always been an interesting. Now Minnesota is obviously more of a hockey state than any other state in the union. So it is a big story, but it just doesn't touch the Vikings. The Vikings are the Vikings are the, you know, they're they're King Kong. Yep. They're just they outweigh everything else. So last night's game, uh, give us your thoughts. Oh, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, it, was. it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible football game. This has been a really fun, entertaining, surprising season, and last night it all collapsed. Mm. Uh, they lost to a bad team at home. And their their quarterback, who had been the best story in the NFL, showed us why seven teams had been willing to let him leave. Yeah. Uh, he just he just you know he turned into a pumpkin. It just happens. Uh, I really like him in a lot of ways. I think he's kind of an almost an ideal backup. He's, he's smart. He's adaptable. He can run around and make plays. But we almost saw him, not almost. We saw him perform better when he knew he didn't know the playbook and he just had to say, okay, one read, two read, run around. Mm-hmm. When he tried to run the full playbook, as smart as he is, uh, it got to be a little too much for him. Mm-hmm. And he made bad decisions. He threw off time. Uh, defense started realizing he doesn't have a very strong arm, so they can break on the ball. Uh, he put the ball for grabs. It just all collapsed on him. And you know, I asked uh, O'Connell after the game, I said, are you thinking about changing quarterbacks for next your know, next game? And he said, yeah. And, you know, the way he talked made, really led me to believe that he's going to end up uh, starting Jaron Hall in, in Vegas. Really? That is interesting, uh, for sure. I wondered if they would uh, go to, to Mullins, but, you know, he's he's a career backup as well, only he's not as quick as Josh Dobbs uh, leaving the pocket. So I didn't know there isn't any upside for the future with Mullins. I just wondered if he'd want more of a, a veteran presence as they continue to try and earn a playoff spot. Yeah, I think they really like Jaron Hall. They think he's, you know, and, and Jaron Hall, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm. And you have to overcome that. But they liked the way he prepared for that Atlanta game. They liked the way he played early in the Atlanta game. He got his concussion almost finishing a touchdown drive uh, early on against a team that was kind of in a good, good playoff spot in a, in a loud stadium. He was eight, eight for ten passing. He threw a really nice pass to Madison down the right sideline that showed you know an ability to read a defense. Uh, I think they like him. Yeah. Now Mullins, I think they view as more of a traditional backup. I think they see Paul as at least maybe you never know, but at least maybe having a little more upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dobbs at this point, I mean, if they do move to Hall and they still feel like Mullins is their backup since they signed him 
you know, I think two years ago, before last season, Mullins has been yeah. with the team. So it, it, clearly they want him as the backup. What happens to Dobbs then if, if that's the way things transpire? I don't know. And, you know, maybe they would – I really don't know how they're going to uh, look at that. I think they're going to – I think O'Connell's going to do a lot of film work, a lot of talking to his coaches, maybe talk to some key offensive people and players and say – Okay, who would you rather have? If I go to Jaron Hall as the starter, who would you rather have as a backup? Is, is it better for Mullins? Who's, you know, uh, he's had some success as a starter in the NFL. Uh, or is it better to have Dobbs, who's played more recently, is healthier than Mullins, and uh, might be the perfect guy to come in and run around and make a play in the fourth quarter if that's what you need? I don't know. Then again, the, you know, the downside is Dobbs just had a horrible game. Maybe his mind won't be in the right uh right place to take it to motion and be ready to come help you win a game if needed. I don't know. That's, that's, that's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, and they won't say uh, publicly probably until Sunday when when the starter is announced, right? I mean, it's kind of a competitive advantage to not say. Probably, yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll get some hints. Maybe we'll just want to make it public just so it's not a, a, some kind of a weird controversy around the team. It's probably not that big a deal. Teams don't prepare for your backup anyway. Um, and nobody really knows to think, really, <laughs> Mullins hasn't blamed so long, and that's sort of anybody would bother preparing for him. So I don't think it's that big a deal. It's just a matter of when, you know. We're going to see how, how Kyle handles this. How does he handle the announcement of starter? Does he announce the backup? When does he announce it? Uh, he, you know, in a bye week, he can he can play coy for a while if he wants to. Yeah. So, uh, moving to the wild and firing head coach Dean Evison, as well as one of his assistants who was in charge of uh, the penalty kill and defense. So, yes, he should have gone along with Evanson because they really struggled there. And John Hines. So that's no interim tag at all, right? I mean, he's the new coach. He's the new coach, and you know, there's probably no reason to put the interim tag on him. He's going to be the coach the rest of the season, and then. Jaron can decide after the season whether this is his guy or whether to open it up for a true, you know, league-wide search. There are always three pretty good coaches sitting out in the NHL who are ready to get back in it. That's the way this league works. Um, but he's going to give this guy a, a fair shot to kind of salvage this season. Now, Jaron had a press conference this morning. He basically said, uh, hey, you can't, can't fire 23 players. Something had to change, so I fired the coach. He's pretty, you know, Jaron's pretty blunt, which I appreciate and he's not blaming everything on Edison, but he just said he got to a point where he got to try something different, and I agree with him. That's what happens a lot with NHL coaches, isn't it? Yep. I mean, sometimes just a different voice in the room. You know, he had been here quite a while, longer than the average by by some distance, so sometimes you just need a change. Yeah, and I think it's a unique sport in that it's so intense. You're always talking about intensity. You're always, uh, you know, practices are intense, games are intense, uh, the schedule's intense. You're having constant meetings. It's a small locker room. It's a small group of people traveling together. And you start getting sick of your coach, he's probably not going to be around very long unless he's winning big. And Edison is no longer winning big. Yeah. What, it seems strange that it's it's pretty much the same roster as, as last year's uh, coming back this year. Really only Matt Dumba, the one that, isn't, that didn't return, and they were ready to move on from him anyway. It, uh, it's, it's hard to put your finger on why they're just not very good this year. It really feels like they're stagnant and that this would have been the right offseason to go out and spend some money and bring in a heavy hitter to kind of juice things up. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they played really well two years ago, it was like everything just fit perfectly. You know, Kaprizov was great. The players that played alongside Kaprizov were great. They got a lot of second and third line scoring. The defense was excellent. It just feels like 
they're stagnant. They might be a little sick of each other. Might be sick of the coach. Might be sick of just having you know no playoff wins weighing on them. Um, and they couldn't go out because of Prees and Sue. They couldn't go out and really change the roster. They had to just hoped this would work again, and it, it hasn't so far. Yeah. Another year of that, right, where they're weighed down by those contracts? Yeah, another year after this. And yeah. uh, I, I felt all along Garen had, you know, that Garen did the right thing, but mm-hmm. there was a price to pay for getting rid of those guys, and, and we're seeing the price now. Yeah. Uh, so the Timberwolves in Oklahoma City tonight at Target Center. Uh, Chet Holmgren comes back to his home state. He missed pretty much all of last season with an injury, and he's been playing well for Oklahoma City. It was a quick rebuild down there. They're 11-5, and five, I think, right now. They're good, yeah. and it's a, I think it's a really well-run organization, and now they, you know, they've got a million high draft choices, a lot of cap space, and now they get Holmgren back, which is like getting a delayed first-round uh, draft pick. He's scoring 18 points a game, two-and-a-half assists, uh, shooting 43%, 44% from three-point line, hmm. 56% from the field. He's a good, dangerous player. And Wembenyanma has more pure upside, but this guy's 7'1", 195 pounds, can handle it, can shoot it, uh, can block shots. Mm-hmm. You know, all the reason people are excited about Wembenyama, this guy can kind of do all the same things. Wasn't he the number one pick the year before? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's a, he's a, he's a really good player. And yeah. Oklahoma City's going to be dangerous for a long time. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Cardinal boys hockey for you tonight as they host Breckenridge Wapiton Rambo pregame coverage in just a few minutes at 550.